0: Today I'll be reading Vampire Academy by Rochelle Mead. I felt her fear before I heard her screams. A nightmare pulsed into me, shaking me out of my own dream, which had something to do with a beach and some hot guy rubbing suntan oil on me. Images, hers not mine, tumbled through my mind. Fire and blood, the smell of smoke and the twisted metal of a car. The pictures wrapped around me, suffocating me until some rational part of my brain reminded me this was not my dream. I woke up, strands of long dark hair sticking to my forehead. Lisa lay in, the, in her bed, thrashing and screaming. I bolted out of mine, quickly crossing the few feet that separated us. Liss, I said, shaking her. Liss, wake up. Her screams dropped off, replaced by soft whimpers. Andrew, she she moaned, oh god. I helped her sit up, Liz, you aren't there anymore, wake up. After a few moments her eyes fluttered open and in the dim lighting I could see a flicker of consciousness start to take over. Her frantic breathing slowed down and she leaned into me, resting her head against my shoulder. I put an arm around her and ran a hand over her hair. It's okay, I told her gently. Everything's okay. I had that dream. Yeah, I know. We sat on the light like that for several minutes, not saying anything else. When I felt her emotions calm down, I leaned over the nightstand between our beds and turned on the lamp. It glowed dimly, but neither of us really needed much to see by. Attracted by the light, our housemates, Cat Oscar, leaped up. Onto the sill of the open window He gave me a wide breath Animals don't like vampires For whatever reason But jumped up onto the bed And rubbed his head against Lisa Pairing softly Animals didn't have much problem with Murray, And they all loved Lisa In particular Smiling she scratched his chin And I felt a calm fervour When did we We last do a feeding, I asked her, studying her face. Her fair skin was paler than usual, dark circles hung under her eyes, and there was an air of frantility about her. School had been hectic this week, and I couldn't remember the last time I'd given her blood. It's been, like, more than two days, hasn't it? Three, why didn't you say anything? She shrugged I wouldn't, and wouldn't meet my eyes. You were busy. I didn't want to. Screw that, I said, shifting into a better position. No wonder she seemed so weak. Oscar, not wanting me to be any closer, leaped down and returned to the window where he could watch at a safe distance. Come on, let's do this, Rose, come on. It's, it'll make you feel better. I tilted my head and tossed my hair back, burying my neck. I saw her hesitate, but the sight of my neck and what it offered provided too much power. A hungry expression crossed her face and her lips partened slightly, exposing the fans she normally kept hidden while living among humans. Those fans contrasted oddly with the rest of her features. With her pretty face and pale blonde hair, she looked more like an angel than a vampire. As her teeth neared my bare skin I felt my heart race with a mixture of fear and anticipation. I always hated the letter, but it was nothing I could help, a weakness I couldn't shake. Her fans bit into me hard, I cried out at a brief flare of pain, then it faded replaced by a wonderful golden joy that spread through my body. It was better than any times I'd been drunk or high, better than sex or so I imagined, since I'd never done it. It was a blanket of pure, refined pleasure, wrapping me up and promising everything would be right in the world on and on it went. The chemicals of her saliva triggered an endorphin rush and I lost track of the world, I lost track of who I was. Then regretfully, it was over. It had taken less than a minute. She pulled back, wiping her hand across her lips as she studied me. You okay? I... Yeah. I lay back on the bed, dizzy from the blood loss. I just need to sleep it off. I'm fine. Her pale jade-green eyes watched me with concern. She stood up. I'm going to get you something to eat. My protest came awkwardly to my lips and she left before I could get a sentence out. The buzz from her bite had lessened as soon as she broke the connection, but some of it still lingered in my veins and I felt a goofy smile cross my lips. Turning my head, I glanced up at Oscar, still sitting at the window. You don't know what you're missing, I told him. His attention was on something outside, hunkering down into a crouch. He puffed out his jet black fur. His tail started twitching. My smile faded and I forced myself to sit up. The world spun and I waited for it to right itself. Before trying to stand up, I managed when I managed it. The dizziness set in again and it, this time it refused to leave. Still, I felt okay enough to stumble to the window and peer out with Oscar. He eyed me well and scooted over a little and returned his attention back to where he held his attention. A warm breeze, unsensibly warm for a Portland fall, played with my hair as I leaned out. The street was dark, relatively quiet. It was three in the morning, just about the only time a college campus settled down at least somewhat the houses in which we'd rented a room for the past eight months sat on a residential street with an old, mismatched houses across the roads and a streetlight flickering, nearly ready to burn out. It still cast enough light for me to make out the shapes of cars and buildings in our own yard. I could see silhouettes of trees and, bu- and the bushes and a man watching me. I jerked back in surprise, figures stood by a tree in the yard about 30 feet away where I could easily see the- through the window. He was close enough that I probably could have thrown something and it hit him. He was certainly close enough that he could have seen what Lisa and I had just done. The shadows covered him so well that I even even with my heightened sight, I couldn't make out any of his features save for his height. He was tall, really tall. He stood there for just a moment, barely disressembled and then stepped back, disappearing into the shadows, cast by the trees on the far side of the yard. I was pretty sure I saw someone else move nearby and join him in the. before the blackness swallowed them both. Whoever these figures were, Oscar didn't like them, not counting me. He usually got along with most people growing upset only when someone posed an immediate danger. The guy outside had done anything threatening to Oscar, but the cat had sensed something, something that put him on edge, something similar to what he always sensed in me. Icy fear threw through me, almost not quiet, indicating the lovely bliss of Lisa's bite backing up from the window. I jerked on the pair of jeans that I found on the floor nearly falling over in the process Once they were on, I grabbed my coat and Lisa's along with our wallets. Shoving my feet into the first shoes I saw, I headed out to the door. Downstairs, I found her in the cramped kitchen rummaging through the refrigerator. One of our housemates, Jeremy, sat at the table, hand on his forehead and stared sadly at a couchless book. Lisa regarded me with surprise. You shouldn't be up, we have to go now. Her eyes widened and then a moment later, understanding, clicked in. Are you really, are you sure? I nodded, I couldn't explain how I knew for sure, I just did. Jeremy watched us curiously, what's wrong? An idea came to mind, let's get his car keys. He looked back and forth between us, what are you? Lisa, hesitantly, walked over to him her fear poured into me through our physical bond, but there was something else too. Her complete faith that I would take care of everything, that we would be safe like always. I hoped I was worth worthy of that kind of trust. She smiled broadly and gazed direction directly into his eyes. For a moment, Jeremy just stared still, confused, And then I saw a frail seizure in his eyes, glazed over, and he regarded her adoringly. We need to borrow your car, she said in a gentle voice. Where are your keys? He smiled and I shivered. I had a high resentment to conclusion. But I could still feel its effects when it was directed at another person and I'd been taught my entire life that using it was run. Reaching into his pocket, Jeremy handed over a set of keys hanging on a large red keychain. Thank you, said Lisa. Where is it parked? Down the street, he said dreamily. At the corner by Brown, four blocks away. Thank you, she repeated backing up as soon as we leave. I want you to go back to study and forget you ever saw us tonight. He nodded off unbellitionally. I got the impression he would have walked off a cliff for her right then if she asked. All humours were susceptible to compulsion, but Jeremy appeared weaker than most. That came in handy right now. Come on, I told her we've got to go. We stopped outside, heading towards the corner he'd named. I was still dizzy from the bite and kept stumbling, unable to move as quickly as I wanted. Lisa had to catch hold of me a few times to stop me from falling. All the time that anxiety rushed into me from her mind. I tried my best to ignore it. I had my own fears to deal with. Rose, what are we going to do if they catch us? She whispered. They won't, I said furiously, I won't let them. But if they found us, they found us before, they didn't catch us then, we'll just drive over to the train station and go to LA. They'll lose the trail. I made it sound simple. I always did, even though there was nothing simple about being on the run from the people we'd grown up with. We'd been doing it for the past two years, hiding wherever we could, and just trying to finish high school. Our senior year had just started, and living on a college campus had seemed safe. We were so close to freedom. She said nothing more. I felt her faith in me surge up once more. This was the way it had always been between us. It was the one who took action, who made sure... Things happened, something recklessly. So she was the reasonable one, the one who thought things out and researched them extensively before acting. Both styles had their uses, but at this moment, recklessness was called for. We didn't have much time to hesitate. Lisa and I been best friends ever since kindergarten when our teacher had paired us up for writing lessons. Forcing five-year-olds to spell Vasilisa Dragomar and Rosemary Hathaway Was beyond cruel And we'd or rather I'd responded prioritely. I chucked my book at the teacher And called her a bastard I hadn't known what those words meant But I'd know it how to hit a moving target Lisa and I had always been inseparable Ever since Do you hear that? She asked suddenly it took me a few seconds to become what her sharp senses already had. Footsteps moving fast, I grimaced. We had two more blocks to go. We've got to run for it, I said, catching hold of her arm. But you can't run. It took every once of my willpower not to pass out on the sidewalk. My body didn't want to run after losing blood or while still metabolising the effects of her saliva but ordered my muscles to stop their bitching and clung to Lisa as our feet pounded against the concrete normally I could outrun her without any extra effort particularly since she was barefoot but tonight she was all that held me upright the pressuring footsteps grew louder closer black stars danced before my eyes ahead of us I could back make out Jeremy's green Honda. Oh God, if we could just make it. Ten feet from the car, a man stepped directly into our path. We came to a screeching halt and I jerked Lisa back by her arm. It was him, the the guy I'd seen across the street watching me. He was older than us, maybe mid-twenties. And as tall as I'd figured, probably six or six six or six seven and under different circumstances say when he wasn't holding up our desperate escape I would have thought he was hot shoulder length brown hair tied back and a short ponytail dark brown eyes a long brown coat a duster I thought it was called but his hotness was irrelevant now. He was the obstacle keeping Lisa and me from the car. And our freedom. The footsteps behind us slowed and I knew our paresses had caught up off the sides. I detected more movement, more people closing in. God, they'd sent almost a dozen guardians to retrieve us. I couldn't believe it. The queen herself didn't travel with that many. Panicked and not entirely in control of my higher reasoning, I acted out of instinct. I pressed up to Lisa, keeping her behind me and away from the man who appeared to be the leader. Leave her alone, I growled. Don't touch her. His face was unreadable, but he held out his hand in what was apparently supposed to be some sort of calming gesture like I was a rapid animal he was planning to see there. I'm not going. He took a few steps forward too close. I attacked him, leaping out of my, in an offensive minivore I hadn't used in two years, not since Leisha and I had run away. The move was stupid, another reaction born of instinct and fear, and it was, it was hopeless. He was, a skilled guardian, not an, a naive, who hadn't finished his training. He also wasn't weak and on the verge of passing out. And um, a man was he fast. I'd forgotten how fast guardians could be, how they could move a thrike like And he, he knocked me off as the brushing away fly and his hand slammed into me and sent me backwards. I don't think he was—he meant to strike that hard, probably just intended to keep me away. But my lack of coordination interfered, With my ability to respond, unable to catch my footing, I started to fall, heading straight towards the sidewalk at a twisted angle, hip first. It was going to hurt a lot, only it didn't. Just as quickly as he blocked me, the man reached out and caught my arm, keeping me upright. When I deadied myself, I noticed he was staring at me or more precisely at my neck, still disorientated. I didn't get it right away, then, I slowly, then slowly my free hand reached up to the side of my throat, lightly touched the wound Lisa had made earlier. When I pulled my fingers back, I saw silk, dark blood on my skin. Embarrassed, I shook my hair so that it fell forward around my face my hair was thick and long and completely covered my neck I'd grown it out for precisely this reason the guy's dark eyes lingered on the now covered by a moment longer and then met mine I returned his look definitely and quickly jerked out of his hold he let me go through that I knew he couldn't have restrained me all night if he'd wanted to. Wanted. Fighting the nauseating dizziness, I backed towards Lisa again, bracing myself for another attack. Suddenly her hand, hand caught hold of mine rose, she said, quietly don't. Her words had no effect on, on me at first, but calming thoughts gradually began to settle on my, in my mind. Coming across th- through the bond, it wasn't exactly compulsory. She wouldn't use that on me, but it was effectual as was the fact that we were hopelessly outnumbered and outcast, even I knew struggling wouldn't be point would be pointless. The tension left my body and I sagged in defeat. Sensing my Resignation. the man stepped forward, turning his attention to Lisa. His face was calm. He swept her about and managed to look gracefully doing it, which surprised me considering his height. My name is Dmitri Belerik. He s- said I could hear a faint Russian accent. I've come to take you back to St. Valdemar's Academy, princess.